Welcome. This is Karen Modakaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet on KDRT 95.7 FM. Unconventional careers. Last time I interviewed Julie Stewart, she talked about leaving her job in politics and starting her business as a graphic facilitator. Julie is a wildly intuitive graphic facilitator and visual strategist with a knack for seeing the bigger picture. Julie's been recognized in the Harvard Business Review for her graphic facilitation work. She's visually facilitated high stakes meetings for such clients as Accenture, GE, Eli Lilly, Victoria's Secret, the Center for Disease Control, otherwise known as the CDC, Duke University, Skype, and the United Way. Julie adores playing with possibilities, bringing new ideas into the light to reveal the unexpected and exploring world-changing ideas. Of course, she's a perfect fit for this show. <laughs> it's time to check back in with Julie about her unconventional career. Julie, hello and welcome back. Hey, it's great to be with you. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. So the last time we talked back in 2009, fall of 2009, mm-hmm. you had started your business about maybe I think 18 months prior. So you were in this new world of building an online business, doing graphic facilitation. And where are you now? (laughs) Good question. And I can't believe it was that long ago that we talked. Um, So 2009, I got my website up and um, actually had a a good year, um, you know, during the middle, in the middle of the recession. And business has just kind of built from there. Um, My business is the kind of, I think it's the kind of work where the more exposure you get, the more, you know, the more work you get. So every time I show up at a conference or something, um, more people see me and they, you know, want to use me for various different things. But what I'm doing now is I'm I'm going back a little bit to my political roots and I'm putting um, my strategy a little bit more in the forefront. I'm, I'm, redoing my brand and my website and positioning myself more as a strategist and facilitator um, and visual thinker who happens to, you know, use these really fabulous visual maps to um, capture people's ideas. Ooh, so this sounds different because before it was you were going and helping out a talk and you would put up the stuff as they were talking, but now it sounds like Mm -hmm. you're part of the process. Exactly. And it's, 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 comes from a couple of ways that I wanted to shift the way I was working. Um, one is I wanted to have sort of longer range um, engagements with people. You know, I wanted to come in earlier in the process and be part of designing the meeting or designing the event or the retreat that we were going to have and then be able to work with people, um, you know, several times throughout the year if that's the case. So um, instead of just doing these one-offs all the time where everything is, you know, brand new every time, I wanted a little bit more continuity. I wanted to deepen my relationships with my clients. So I'm, I'm trying to attract more of that kind of work. That's really interesting. And I mean, I get that. Like every time, one of the things I, I do, I get a lot of repeat guests. And because we've established a relationship, it's nice to check in like we are with you. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And and you can go into that uh, other layer versus just kind of staying on more of the shallows. Right. It, 
So you get to be part of the process and they know how you work and they know how you can help them. That seems like it would really benefit them as well. Yeah. And, and another thing that I've just kind of shifted to doing recently, and it's, it's because people have come to me who have smaller businesses where I go on site and spend a day with them or a couple of days with them. And, um, and I'm a, I'm a systems thinker, so I can see kind of all the moving parts that happen and the different, um, layers that happen in a business and with, you know, with a small business owner where they're sort of, um, they're very, you know, lonely in a way because they're carrying the weight of this company and they don't have anybody around them to talk with and um, figure things out with. And so I, I actually love going into startups and smaller businesses to just have like a day of, you know, strategic thinking and planning and, you know, having in-depth conversations around different problems that we're having and we solve things like so quickly and it's um it's so rewarding to see because they can implement this stuff like right away like when i work with larger companies i hardly ever get to see you know how things play out or um you know it's just it's harder to implement things um when you're working with a big huge company um so do you still have the mixture of big companies and small companies or how is that yeah i do and and really most of my work is well, I mean, I haven't looked at the mix, but a lot of it is still large companies. Um, I work with a handful of nonprofits um, doing strategic planning type work with them. And then I'm just starting to work more with um, startups. And I also still do a little bit of work um, with individual creative entrepreneurs, you know, doing some business coaching, visual mapping strategy sessions with them too. So how does a week in your life look? <laughs> It depends on if I'm on the road or not. Um, so, you know, I mean, I have had crazy weeks. Um, like I had a week back in July where I spent um, like two and a half day, three days in L.A. with NOAA, the National um, Oceanic, Ocean, <laughs> National Oceanic, you know, um, Association, um, and they were crafting a national agenda around um, ocean exploration. So they brought in like the who's who of oceanographers, mm -hmm. um, which was really cool. And then I hopped a red eye to go to Korea. Um, yeah, to spend a day with the folks at Kia. You know, I had a little bit of downtime to recover from the jet lag. Um, and then I think I came home and I did something once I was at home. Um, but it took me, it took me about a week to recover from that. Um, so. And then, then there's weeks like this week where I've got a little bit of work tomorrow morning with a, a local company here, a big restaurant group, and, um, and then I'm working on my website for the rest of the week. How do you do with that kind of space? Oh, that's a good question. Um, so, and typically, you know, what I've figured out about myself is I love, I mean, I actually love all the movement and the travel that happens in my work and the 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 change up of different projects and different clients that I get to work with. And so when I'm actually at home for maybe two to three weeks at a stretch, which usually, which doesn't happen very often, but I start to go a little stir crazy. So, um, so I, I, I've developed some strategies like, you know, I'll, I'll just start calling, you know, some clients and offering myself to free for them or just, you know, trying to, build some larger um, projects with people or, you know, start exploring different kinds of things. Um, I will um, get together with friends in coffee shops and, you know, do stuff like that because I really, I kind of feed off the energy that I get when I'm with people and we're, you know, sorting out ideas and things like that. 
Interesting. Yeah. And how, how far in advance are you booked? Um, you know, it, it depends. And, and that changes all the time too. Like I have like my, right now my May calendar is pretty full. Um, mm-hmm. And I've even got some dates on my calendar for the fall. So it, it sort of depends on the client. Um, but then there's always gaps and, you know, sometimes last minute stuff comes up and if I can take it and if it's, you know, I will. Um, so it, you know, it sort of depends, but usually a good rule of thumb I tell my clients is, you know, two to three months out. Okay. So when you have some of this space, these mm-hmm. two to three weeks, you know that there's work coming up at some point. So you're, you know, it's, it's, right. you're not freaking out. Oh my gosh, right. what's going to happen? Is this going to be a permanent situation? Well, you know, and that, that is one of the things that I have learned, thankfully, knock on wood in my business, um, is my default used to be panic. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and that just, that doesn't serve you, um, at all. So now I've shifted to my default is, okay, great. This gives me more time to, you know, sort of work on my own creative processes. I'm, um, I'm birthing a couple of things that are, um, new to me and, um, they have to do with like, you know, working with, um, women's groups and women's circles. And, um, I'm doing an intuitive, um, uh, painting teachers training this year because I want to be offering, um, retreats, um, like in the Caribbean. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm letting that time be kind of much more of a fertile ground for my own creativity because, um, like in my, in my work, like I really, um, I can't, I can't be working every single day because it's, it's too intense. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I have, um, so it's not like I'm with my clients, you know, 40 hours a week, um, four weeks out of the month. It's like, I'll have a couple days this week or maybe, you know, four days, one week, and then, you know, a day here and there. Ideally, if I'm with my clients, um, five to 10 days out of the month, then that's a, that's a, you know, that's right where I want to be. So then with the rest of that time, um, you know, I, I do all the behind the scenes work on my business and I, um, you know, I, I take care of my clients in between those times and I work on developing partnerships with people and, you know, things like that. Well, and with all the travel that you do, you need that kind of downtime too, don't you? Isn't yeah. that critical? It is. It is. And as a, you know, and as a creative person, um, and this was, this was a lesson I, I just recently learned. I, um, so this past year over the holidays, Um, you know, I realized that my business pretty much shuts down like mid December to probably, you know, second week of January, mid January, nobody wants to have a big meeting right (laughs) around the holidays. This just doesn't happen. So I was like, why don't I do something fun and cool for myself? You know, and I'm, um, I'm single now. So, you know, I don't have, um, my family gathers at Thanksgiving and then we do kind of smaller things around Christmas. So I was like, God, I could just go on a big adventure. So I went down to the Dominican Republic for three weeks mm-hmm. and I had um, really like no plans except to, you know, walk on the beach and wear a bikini. And um, I had a, a friend of mine came down for a, about a week at that time. And then I met people there and I learned how to paddleboard and um, and I was going to learn how to kite surf. But it actually I got into this rhythm of just going from like moment to moment that committing to like eight kite, sur- you know, kite surfing lessons was like too much of a commitment for me. <laughs> Isn't that wild? So 
So like I would wake up in the morning, I'd be like, yeah, I feel like going paddleboarding. I'd go paddleboarding and I'd eat breakfast. You know, I'd get a little sun. I'd hang out with friends in the coffee shop, drinking Dominican coffee. You know, I'd um, do a little bit of um, painting, you know, then I'd walk on the beach again and we go out at night, you know, so it was like this. And what happened when I came home, I was so um, just having that downtime where I did really nothing, um, you know, no, nothing like really important. You know, I didn't have a schedule of any kind. I had so many creative ideas that burst out of me like in January. It was unbelievable. That, and, <laughs> and that's so important because, you know, as we work in this in our society and we measure stuff, it's about you've got to mm-hmm. work, you've got to work, right? right? And how can you take off that time right. and, and realizing that how the ebb and flow of your business, right? You mm-hmm. were reflective about that. Oh, there's yeah. people don't want to hire me at this time. What can yeah. I go do? Right. And it, you know, it goes to this thing. I have this uh, term that I use. I talk about transactional relationships. We have these in our society, we have these transactional relationships. If I do this, then I will get this. Mm-hmm. Right. If because we go to Starbucks and we expect to pay money and get a cup of coffee, you know, it happens in youth sports with the play to pay pay mentality of, well, if my kid, if I'm paying this money for my kid, they will be able to play. Right. And everything's very transactional. Same thing with weight loss. If I do this, then this is what should happen on the scale. And it sounds like you didn't have a transactional relationship. You said, OK, what is it that I would like to do? And you went and did it letting go of the outcome and you came back with all these creative ideas. Right. Yeah. And I, and I think it's part, you know, I think it's part of feeding my muse too. Um, And just, you know, giving myself some wide open space where I didn't, you know, I didn't have to answer a phone call or, um, you know, having, I I wasn't on social media all that much, except I was, you know, posting gorgeous beach shots and making everybody jealous. It was snowbound, but, um, yeah, you're right. You know, I, I went down there not really expecting um, to, you know, to do something and get something in return. Um, but w- one of the things, one, I mean, one of the questions that I held when I went down there, and this, this is another way that I, I'm wanting my business to shift, is I would love to go someplace for like three weeks or four weeks at a time and work with a couple different organizations while I'm there. Like I've done a little bit of long distance work for Afri- in Africa. Um, for organizations in Africa. And I have, um, and I, I was talking to this one woman who um, has this organization where they sort of oversee the money of the global fund, which, you know, spends a huge amount of money all over the continent trying to eradicate disease. And I said, you know, I would love to come over and spend like a month in Africa and work with you guys and work with this other organization. She said, that is a great idea. So, I wanted to see, you know, what it felt like to go somewhere for, you know, three or four weeks and just, you know, you know, put myself in a different kind of situation and see, you know, sort of what that felt and like how long, how long was my comfort zone for doing that? Well, and so that's a great experiment, right? You're going there and you can go test it out without having to also do this deep, intense work that you provide. Now, Now, the other side, though, is, is that isn't how does that work with the money thing because that a lot of times i'm imagining the questions that the listeners would be having right now is like okay mm-hmm. that sounds great but now all of a sudden you're walking away and there's three weeks of no money and you, you have to be mm-hmm. organized with your money don't you yeah you do um and i and one of the things that i learned a while ago is to to i i have a pretty nice cushion uh-huh. <laughs> so 
you know, because I'm, I'm looking actually at this month with having very little work, you know, I don't know why that is, but, um, but I, I don't. And, um, and I've got, you know, and I've got a cushion and everything's going to be fine because I've got, you know, deposits coming in for work that I'm doing, you know, in April and May and, and things like that. So, and my work is, um, you know, I, I charge, I have a pretty high day rate. So that money has to kind of stretch, um, you know, throughout the rest of the month. And, you know, I've, I know what my nut is for, you know, what I need to make to pay my bills. And then everything above that, you know, I can put money towards, you know, my website or, you know, other things in my business that I need to take care of. So I, I always kind of have that number of, okay, this is, this, is the, this is the amount of work that I need to get for this month and then I can relax and, you know, if more work comes in, that's great. And if not, then, you know, and different, you know, I, I keep, <laughs> I sort of keep track of, um, on these little um, cards, I write the month and then I write the client and the amount of money and I keep this stack of cards like throughout the year and I total up each month and when I look back at these, like, there's really not a pattern to it, you know, um, like typically May and October can be really, really big months. Like I had, I had an October where I made like, um, like double what I usually make in a month. And, and I, and what was great is a lot of the work was, um, like 90 minutes out of a day, you know? So it was like really, really easy money that month. But then I'll have, you know, sometimes August can be dead. Sometimes it's not dead. So there's like no, there's sometimes there's not really a pattern to it. Mm -hmm. Well, and I like how you talk about how you keep track of the money flow, right? You're writing mm -hmm. it down. You're paying attention. You're not like hiding right. away from the money. And yeah. isn't that kind of what creates problems for entrepreneurs when they don't oh, yeah. look at their numbers? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. And and then also, I guess the other side of like that transactional relationship with money is with money, right? You you realize that there is going to be this ebb and flow and there's going to be times that you, your day rate's going to pay, you know, and you can stretch that out. And then there's going to be times that maybe you are doing some work um, that you're not going to necessarily see the money right now, but right. there'll be money coming in later on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, um, I have always done what I call for um, strategic freebies in my work. And that's where I will, you know, I'll offer my services for free um, to, you know, a conference or an organization, um, you know, that means a lot to me, um, where I know I'll get exposure, you know, and you never know how these things are going to play out. Like I, I just did a big conference in Atlanta this fall that was kind of um, bringing together the you know city leaders and um, change agents and nonprofits and you know the big companies and the mayor was there and um, Thomas Friedman was there and Sir Ken Robinson was there um, and they were you know looking at the future of Atlanta and I had a whole bunch of existing clients who were there and I was at one point I was standing there with my hands my business cards were sitting on my hands and people were grabbing them like you know like they were potato chips so. Um, so and and stuff like that, um, I always advise you know um, up and coming graphic facilitators just to you know just to get out there and get your work out there in places where you think that you know could there could be a little bit of value um, in you know in the exposure that you get in front of people who work for companies and things like that. I had I actually had I got a call last January 
from a woman um, at NASA who had held onto my business card since 2009. Wow. <laughs> I know, right? And she was like, you know, we want to build graphic facilitation, you know, visual thinking capacity at NASA, at the Office of Human Capital. And, you know, we got to figure out how to get you into this whole thing. So I, I spent several weeks um, because they had six different, you know, figuring out the ins and outs of government contracting. And they had, um, they had six different companies that they did their procurement front with through. So I had to like befriend these companies and be part of their bid. And, you know, so they, they actually put the statement of work out there, but then sequestration happened and they didn't fund it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's another lesson is like, don't get too attached to the outcome. <laughs> And and don't cultivate business elsewhere, thinking that you're going to get this this job. Yeah, don't don't count your chickens until they hatch. That's mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. and you know, so that's uh, the strategic freebies. I want to go back to that because that a lot of people talk about you know this value of when do I give for free and when do I charge, and yeah. how do you know where the that line is, that difference is. Um, that's a good question. I mean, usually, usually, um, I check in with my heart and, um, and, and if it's like I did, I did some of my, I'll tell you the story, my first strategic freebie, and this is probably why I still keep doing these things. Um, there's an organization here in, uh, Atlanta called Georgia Organics and they've been, um, I volunteered, you know, to uh, capture a couple of their keynotes at their conference, I think in 2008. So this is probably even before we talked. Um, and they had, you know, they were like nobody kind of people back at that conference because this organization was really small. But I, you know, was, I had come out of environmental politics. So they were like my kind of people. And I, you know, I wanted the exposure and they were more than happy to have me there. And you know, people fawned all over the work, even though it wasn't all that great and um, that kind of thing. So then about, I think, six months, maybe within about six months later, Alice Waters from Chez Panisse was coming to the CDC to give a talk. Um, and the CDC had, they, she was the first of um, three years of talks that um, she came first and then Michael Pollan and then Carlo Petrini, who's the founder of the slow, slow food movement. So I was telling my folks at Georgia Organics, I was like, hey, you guys should get me in there so I can um, capture Alice's talk. And so they were trying to um, get permission from their contact at the CDC and, you know, they just couldn't, you know, nothing was happening and they were like, screw it. We're just, we'll just do it and, you know, ask for forgiveness later. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they call this my, my gorilla, you know, strategic freebie. So we went into this brand new building, this brand new auditorium. I don't even know if they had used the place yet. And I'm putting my paper up on the wall and, um, and nobody said anything. And I captured Alice's talk and um, she loved it so much. She signed it and, um, and it went viral, you know, no pun intended, all over the CDC. And I've ended up doing a ton of work with the CDC um, from, you know, since then. So, I mean, that's the kind of strategic freebie that, you know, I mean, the legs of it are still ongoing. So, so it sounds like one of the things is to check in of, is this a client that I would want to have? Does my yes. work line up with what they need? Yeah, that's, that's a great way to look at it. Um, and then, you know, when I, when I think about doing um, like this big conference that I did in Atlanta in the fall, 
Um, you know, and it was intense. It was two days of intense work. And I, you know, the other question is, do I have the capacity to do it? Um, you know, does it, you know, does it fit into my current work schedule? And, um, and then, you know, the one with Atlanta, I mean, that was kind of a no brainer because I love being around, um, you know, big picture thinking like, you know, what are we going to do to make this city better? You know, and it happens to be the city that I live in. So it was even more interesting, but I've been doing, I've been working with the city of Detroit for over the past several years. Cause I do a big conference up on Mackinac Island with the Detroit the Detroit chamber mm-hmm. that brings in, you know, um, the, the governor talks, um, they get people like, um, Thomas Friedman was there too. And, um, <laughs> I've done him twice. <laughs> um, Jeb Bush, Michelle Ree, um, the morning, morning Joe was there and I went to high school with Joe Scarborough. So he like gave me a shout out. Um, but they do, they, they call this, this conference has been nicknamed like the Davos of the Midwest because they look at these, big, you know, policy issues that are affecting Detroit and Michigan and, you know, manufacturing and business and Detroit is, um, it's a, it's, I'm fascinated actually with what's happening in Detroit because I grew up in Chicago, so I have a soft spot in my heart for them, but they're also, I mean, they are kind of like starting from the ground up again and revisioning, like, how do we want to build the city now? Um, and so it's, I, I mean, I love all the work that I get to do up there because the, there is so much interesting, creative juice happening in Detroit these days. It's amazing. My husband, who uh, has an Olympic swimmer, he's, they had to go to Michigan for a swim meet a couple of years ago. And um, so anyway, so Pete's always telling Scott, you should go there and be the, the mayor of Detroit and help them because uh, <laughs> He, he was a, an against the odds Olympian, right? Oh, Nobody thought yeah. he should become yeah. an Olympian. And so Pete goes, look, you've got an against the odds city. Go and right. go and do, you've got a great worth that could go over there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're, you know, they're attracting startups. They're attracting artists. They're, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, the doors are wide open in Detroit to create any kind of future that you want. And, and the, you know, the city and the you know the folks who are there are i mean they're hardcore detroiters and they're putting their you know money where their mouth is and it's it's really it's fascinating i mean they have more designers than any other city um and they're trying to gear themselves you know away from so much reliance on the automotive industry you know and shifting their plants over to um building for aerospace and um but they've got a great startup culture too Mm, that's fabulous. That's so, exciting. Anyway, yeah, it is. That's really exciting. Um, so you, you, with the strategic freebies, there are times that you look at the, the client base. Is this work I want to do? Right. And I, I guess even just, it makes sense when it's in Atlanta because that's where you're based out of. That makes it a little bit easier in your schedule. Yeah. Um, did you have to do work around your high daily rate that you charge? <laughs> Good question. Um, so some, you know, and, and I do, a, I do a handful of, um, like strategic planning board retreats, um, you know, for nonprofit boards and sometimes, you know, it's, it's like, if I have time in my schedule, I can do it. Um, I do have a nonprofit rate that I, you know, that I charge and I tell people, you know, and sometimes people only need me for like two hours. So that, that's when it gets a little bit tricky. And I say, Okay, here's the deal. And it, and it sort of depends on if I'm running the show, you know, if I'm the, you know, facilitating 
and um, doing the visual mapping at the same time, or if I'm just sort of there for the visual mapping, you know, I tell them, look, I can, I can prorate this, but, <laughs> um, you know, I need an escape clause because if I have a client who wants to hire me, you know, for my regular rate and, you know, they want to hire me for several days, then I really can't turn that work away. So a lot of times um, they will step up and they'll pay the full nonprofit rate. Um, and other times they just, you know, kind of roll the dice and take the chance that it's all going to work out. And somehow, amazingly, it, it's all worked out. Mm -hmm. Well, <laughs> you know, it sounds like you, like the word that keeps coming up to me, Julie, is courage, like having courage to put boundaries out there, right? Having yeah. courage to look at your business and go, okay, this would be work and I can do it. But at the other side is that if I have a client that calls and that can pay extra or, you know, have a longer engagement, I need to go do that because I need to take care of my business and yeah. make sure that's taken care of. And I think, you know, and people understand that when you explain it to them, they, they really do get it. Um, and, and I find that, I mean, most people, you know, most of my clients, um, you know, really think a lot of me and my work. And, um, and so they, you know, they understand the value of it and what I bring. And so they do, you know, they do want to do the best they can in terms of, you know, if they're a small nonprofit and they, you know, they can't quite do it, you know, I, I work with them. Um, because I, um, you know, I, I want everybody who wants to hire me to be able to work with me. And it's not like, and I'm not, I don't feel like I am, you know, bending my prices or anything like that. I mean, I, I pretty much with, with most companies, with most big companies that I know have money, you know, I hold to my day rate mm -hmm. and, um, but with, you know, with smaller struggling folks, um, and nonprofits, you know, I have a kind of a soft spot in my heart for them because I, you know, I worked in the nonprofit community myself and I sit on a couple of boards. So I, you know, I know what that's like. Mm -hmm. Well, so, that, I mean, y you work with these people and you communicate with them and you really stand um, in your own kind of like value in your own mm -hmm. service. Like you really also understand like the, the, uh, the value of your work, which you have right. to offer, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Well, and I'm, you know, and my work right now um, is shifting and, um, and I'm, you know, I'm, I've got some new services that I'm doing that aren't on my website that are really, um, like I, I was just doing some work with um, Volvo Mack trucks and I did, I did a meeting with them where I was doing the graphic facilitation and then I, I was working with their training team and they really saw the value of like, what, you know, what would it look like if we just brought you up here for a couple of days and you taught us what you know, and we, you know, figured out like different ways of using this sort of visual thinking, design thinking. So we did, you know, we did two, two days that were really, it was sort of open-ended. You know, I had a, I had a list of things I wanted to cover, but then the second day we were just going to kind of explore and dig into things further and, you know, figure out what more that they wanted to learn and know. So, and it was the first time I'd ever done something like this, you know, where I, I'm essentially just showing up with what I know, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and I charged even more of a day rate for that too, you know, because it was sort of like this new level of service for me. 
And I really had to, you know, I had to stand in my, you know, hey, I've been doing this, you know, for quite a few years and I know what I'm doing, you know, and I know that, um, that I'm probably going to give them something that they can use and I might even, you know, blow them away. Who knows? Mm -hmm. So um, it was, yeah, it was really, really cool. And we, um, you know, we're talking about doing that several times throughout the year because they were like, well, we want to learn stuff and then we want to implement it and then, you know, see what more that we need to know and, you know, other different kinds of things that we can learn. So, um, which is, which is one of my new service offerings where I touch in with people, you know, every quarter and, um, you know, we can do different kinds of things like, you know, we can do teamwork, um, where I sort of visually map, you know, each person on the team and sort of, you know, what it is that they want to work on and grow on and, um, you know, we can do a bunch of group things. We can do some, uh, you know, all different kinds of process mapping where we can take a part of process. And I mean, there's all different kinds of things that we can explore, you know, using all these visual tools. So, um, yeah, so you do, I mean, you do need to stand in your courage of, you know, I, I know something and people want to, you know, people want to pay for it. Mm-hmm. So how do you get comfortable with, you have this new thing, they've asked about yeah. it, they want you to do it, you haven't done it before, and then you say, <laughs> oh, and by the way, it's going to be more expensive than my regular day rate. Um, yeah, that's a good question. You just, um, you know, you just do it and you, and you, and you, uh, and you hold as, as, you know, you might have a little bit of shakiness in there, but, um, <laughs> but you don't let them see it. <laughs> You know, but I, and I also, you know, we had lots of conversations about, um, you know, we we had, in fact, the conversation when they said we want you to help us harness our creativity. That was like the magic phrase because I've been saying that for a really long time. I don't want to be the only creative person in the room. I want to help people harness their creativity because everybody has, you know, everybody's creative and they just, you know, they need to know tools and processes and things like that to to bring that out. So, and I told them, you know, I haven't done anything like this before, but I'm, you know, I, I, and, and they, you know, they kind of thought they, they talked about like how Google, you know, and some of those um, tech companies give people like those, that, that bit of time, you know, to just go out and explore. And, you know, that's where Google's come Mm -hmm. up with some of their best, you know, innovations is when people have the free time that, you know, they're not working for them, you know, on the clock where they're just sort of playing around. And so they, they approached it with that idea, like this is play and something, you know, we'll see what comes out of it. So they kind of invited me to come in, you know, as a playmate and an artist and a rebel and, you know, kind of bring those qualities, um, which was really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're asking you to teach them how to do this, how to play. Yeah, yeah. And it goes back to what we talked about earlier, letting go of that outcome, letting go of that transactional relationship and just seeing what will be cultivated from this Mm-hmm. Right for them. Right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah, and we still don't. We still don't quite know. You know what? Like, what's going to be next? Um, you know, I I need to have a phone call with them, and I'm really curious to to find out. Like, you know, because this was about a month ago or three weeks ago, and you know where things are sort of, you know, how they're settling in with all this stuff. So, for the women whose default used to be to panic. <laughs> Right. Yeah. H- how do you follow up with the phone call and not go to that place of panic? Well, I, you know, I typically don't, I don't panic um, with the client. Um, my, my panic was always sort of um, internally with myself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, another, another thing that I've learned over the 
course of the last few years is that I, I need to take a, a good look at how my own energy is and how it's showing up. Like when, um, you know, when, like I, like I just had, um, um, when we, we had this, we had two snowstorms in February, <laughs> I think it was in Atlanta, right? You know, and, and we, during this second snowstorm, for some reason, I had a bunch of like projects and, you know, um, you know, jobs that were like hanging out there that, you know, I was just, you know, they were like either on the books or about to be on the books or, you know, um, and, and within like two or three days, they all vanished. Like people like, like I had been working on this thing with the CDC and they couldn't get it through their contracting or, you know, some just weird things like that. So I'm like, okay, you know, three, you know, usually when you get three of those in a row, I'm like, okay, there's something going on, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, or sometimes there's not, you know, but, um, but it, it sort of gives me that signal like, you know, all right, there's something I should be paying attention to here that, you know, wants to be seen. And I think, you know, and I think the reason my calendar is so wide open for March is that I really need to get my website out because um, I've been birthing this website for about a year. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I, you know, it's going to give me some some stretch of time where I can just focus on, you know, all the things that I need to be paying attention to while I'm working with my designer on this. So I'm like, okay, you know, that's, that's what I'm going to use this month for, you know, that is like the big highlight of the month. Well, and that, that internal energy, I mean, that's really what I'm talking about is that how do you have that sense of calm before you make that call, right? Before there's that, because it's usually the panic comes from uncertainty, mm -hmm. right? And so how do you calm yourself so that you can, you can be effective? How can you calm yourself even before like you do your website, you want to be rooted in a sense of these are, this is what I have to offer. And this is the value in it versus, oh my gosh, I need to have this out there so that people, you know, that fear-based kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I don't, I really don't operate from that place anymore. Um, and haven't been there in a while. So, um, because I, um, like what, like the qualities of my business and my brand, you know, they, they kind of go back to that, you know, the, the Island in the Caribbean, you know, it's all about ease and, um, and there's a certain luxury, you know, and, um, uh, beauty and, you know, sort of simplicity and, um, but, but ease is a big one, you know, and it's sort of like, like I'm, I'm not out there chasing clients. You know, there's certain there's certain places that I want to work that, you know, because I know that what I bring would really enhance it. But I pretty much, you know, have this position that, you know, the people who come to me are the right kinds of people that I want to be working with. And if the job falls away, you know, that's fine. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't meant to be. So it's like I've I've gotten to be pretty, you know, fairly unattached to things like I did have this work you know I've, I've been really wanting to work in Africa and last May I you know put in a proposal for some work in Ethiopia and I didn't get it you know so I spent like a half a day bemoaning that <laughs> <laughs> you know I gave myself a little bit of time to say you know shoot you know crap you know this didn't work out um, but you, you know then I you, you just get right back into it Mm -hmm. Do you think having your financial cushion helps you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> so on, from a strategy standpoint for entrepreneurs is that if you can develop that, whether it's even mm-hmm. I've seen I've talked with other you know entrepreneurs for the show of even if that means you go get another job to help yeah. feed an income stream, if you don't have that, you know, yeah. that ability as you're starting out to right. pay for it, finding other ways so that you're not in that, oh, my gosh, how am I going to pay the bills so that I can keep my lights on? Yeah. And yeah. And I've, you know, and I've had a couple of conversations recently with people who are, um, you know, they're sort of at the beginning, mm-hmm. the, the birthing part of a coaching business or something that they're doing. And I think, um, and, and for these particular people, the better situations seem to be to get something else going that can support sort of the beginnings of the thing that they really want to be doing so mm-hmm. that they don't put so much pressure on it to succeed. You know, because I, I remember being in the beginnings of my business and I'm, you know, I'm a recovering perfectionist. So, <laughs> you know, everything had to be perfect and, you know, and just, and all of that stuff can get in your way when you really need to have, you know, you just need the cash flow coming in. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so for a couple of these friends that I was just talking with, like they, they had something else that they could sort of be doing while they were, you know, growing the thing that they really wanted to be doing. And sometimes that is the best solution. Mm-hmm. Well, and it doesn't mean if they have these other income streams that they're not a real graphic facilitator, right? Right. Not at all. Yeah. And, and I think that's an important message for on, new entrepreneurs is they think, oh, it has to come in in this form. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, what can you do to alleviate that financial stress so that you can go do this work so you can expose yep. it so yep. that you can figure out who are the people that you want to work with? Yeah, exactly. Like I was um, I was just coaching um, a friend of mine who um, – I've been for the past couple of years. I've been doing um, five rhythms, which is this beautiful um, practice of uh, dance. It's like um, spiritual movement through dance. And this friend of mine wants to be, you know, he wants to facilitate that kind of work with groups and things like that. And and he has a lot of, you know, his ego. He's he's also has that perfectionist thing where, you know, he he doesn't know enough. He hasn't done it enough. He has, you know, it's all this mm-hmm. like I'm not good enough to mm-hmm. do it. So we actually came up with this brilliant little metaphor of having like a pop-up dance floor, um, you know, where, and, you know, he's, the message to his ego is like, you know, I'm, I'm in beta mode, you know, I have to get out there and test this stuff out. And then, you know, we'll sit back and we'll critique it like after we do it, you know, so when you're, when he's doing this facilitation of this beautiful conscious dance stuff, he can't be critiquing himself while he's doing it, right? He has to be in the flow state. So, you know, we, we, we came up with this great little strategy for his ego to say, you know, I know you're trying to take care of me and protect me. And, you know, I've got you on the schedule to check back in with you (laughs) after we're done. And um, I'm going to go try my thing out. And, you know, and because it's like brand new, you know, I'm, I'm just putting it out there and seeing what happens, you know, so it's like getting out of those patterns in your head that say that you can't do it yet. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's for, for a lot of entrepreneurs, they're so scared to, to put something out there, but so many companies and, you know, I, I mean, I think, and I don't remember who said this, but they, it's like the difference between a successful entrepreneur and an unsuccessful one is the one that just gets the stuff out and then they refine it as they go, you know, as people use your products or your coaching services you get feedback on it and you make it better, mm-hmm. but it's never, you can't ever make it perfect by yourself because you need other people to inform you, you know, in terms of like how you're doing. 
Mm-hmm. Well, and you can't also take it personally, too, right? Right. right. Like if it, if that CDC contract didn't work out, it's not because your services aren't of value. It's because right. of whatever's going on in that organization. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, what you're talking about, I mean, you're rooted a lot in art and, and in politics and in, you know, and, and uh, health and stuff. And my roots come from swimming and being an athlete. Mm-hmm. And in that world, I mean, that mindset, how you talk to yourself, just like you're describing with this friend, how you talk to yourself is so critical yeah. for the actions that we go out and take. And yeah. it's the same thing that you're talking about as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I mean, so it's, you know, and, and those are, you know, and that's one of the things that I love about my business. And I think we probably talked about this last time, but it's like the more work you do on yourself, you're, you're doing, you know, it's going to show up in your business. And the more work you work on your business, you know, you learn things about yourself because it, it becomes so interrelated. It has this beautiful symbiotic relationship. Um, so there's, there's like the, you know, there's the layer of the stuff that you do internally. And then there's the layer on the outside, like the systems and the policies and the boundaries. And, um, and I have to say one thing is like, I, I have a really strong contract. I mean, I have a kick-ass contract. And um, I just had I just had a situation where a client canceled a two day meeting because of a snowstorm. And mm-hmm. I have a I have a clause in there that says, you know, acts of God, you know, I I I get a fifty percent um, down payment deposit. And my contract says that you know if for you know something happens because you know of the weather. <laughs> That I don't, you know, I I don't take the hit on my business, but I keep the deposit and we apply it towards, you know, the next engagement. So there's ways that you have to set up your system, you know, to protect yourself too financially, right? Mm -hmm. Because I, you know, I would have been out like a couple days worth of money, which, you know, you know, that's like half my monthly, you know, nut. Mm Yeah, I know that's important. And so my question is, did you learn to put that into your contract because you had a cancellation at one point because of you the know, weather? It it didn't happen to me, but it was it was a couple of years ago. Um, and I was with there was a group of us. There were like seven of us that were flying up to New York to do a meeting with a big pharmaceutical company. And two of us were coming from Atlanta. One person was coming from Denver. A couple were in New York. Somebody was coming from California. And I think um, like two or three people didn't make it. There were two people that got stuck in Dulles and spent like 24 hours in Dulles in the airport, you know. Um, and I, um, I flew into New York in a snowstorm and like I was on t- two of 20 Delta planes that made it. Like, into, oh you know, it was crazy. It was crazy. And I landed and like, you know, 45 minutes later, it's like a blizzard. So... And, you know, the question was, was like these two women that were flying from California, were they going to get paid? And I never heard the answer to that. So I was like, okay, that is not going to happen to me. You know, that is not okay. Because, you know, I I usually front all my travel costs and then I, you know, invoice it, you know, after the job. And so if you're out, you know, a couple thousand dollars in travel expenses, you know, I mean, I run pretty small margins and that's a lot to absorb. Mm-hmm. And most companies are really, you know, I think they're mostly pretty good about that because, you know, this was a big pharmaceutical company and they can bear the brunt of that kind of thing happening a lot better than, you know, a small contractor can. Mm -hmm. Well, and the other side is, is that this it's cheaper for them to hire consultants than to have you as a full time employee. Right. Plus the other 
gain for them is that you have so much exposure because you're doing this in so many other areas that you are already coming in outside of the box of what they already have, right? So you're right. seeing a lot of different things that you can see beyond their blind spot. So there's a lot of benefits to that. So you're a lot cheaper for them than if you were just a regular yeah, employee. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and a, and a lot of my clients are really starting to see that value too, because I work with so many different companies and, you know, use so many different processes with, you know, in different kinds of meetings that they really value that perspective of, you know, having experienced a lot of different situations and, you know, seeing what other people have done and different kinds of meetings and different kinds of conversations. So that's, that's something that they're really starting to see the value of as well. So as your personal growth has, has evolved through being, and I think, I think Pam Sloan and I talked about this before, where being an entrepreneur is one of the best forms of personal self-development. Totally. Right? <laughs> um, as your personal growth has evolved, has that affected your financial bottom line for your business? Oh, wow. That's a good question. Um, yeah. I mean, my, my business has grown every single year. Um, and I, you know, I'm in this place where I'm, I'm rolling out some new services that, that could really, you know, take my business to a whole different level. Um, and, and part of it, part of it is like, I want to have a little bit more control around my schedule so mm -hmm. that, you know, companies aren't coming to me saying, we need you on these two dates, you know, or instead it's like, let's see which dates, you know, work for you, where we can bring you in, um, and being more of a thought partner. And so when you shift into that kind of a place, um, then that really does start to affect your financial bottom line. And my, like my industry has grown so much since when we first talked, I mean, there's like, we've got a Facebook group and there's, I think about 1200 people, you know, who wow. are graphic facilitators around the world. You know, so it used to be that, you know, in places, different places in Asia, like there weren't any graphic facilitators, but now there are. So, so, um, so it's really um, important to differentiate yourself um, so that, you know, you're not being compared just on a, uh, you know, on a fee basis mm -hmm. and, but being looked at in terms of like, you know, what else is it that you do and can bring to a situation so that's, I mean, that's a lot of the work that I've been doing when I've been going through this rebranding process. Wow. Do you find now that it's grown so much, because that's quite a bit much larger than when we talked in 2009, mm -hmm. is it um, harder to get work because there are more op options for companies? You know, I don't, I don't know. Um, like I, like I don't, and I know that some clients, like if they're new clients, sometimes they'll contact me and, you know, a couple other people and you never, I never completely know, you know, sometimes I hear if, um, every now and again, I'll hear that they hired somebody else and sometimes it's for a much lower price and, you know, and I'm fine with that because I'm not going to, um, lower my day rate a whole lot just to get work. Cause I, mm -hmm. I don't really have to. Um, and then there's, you know, there's all kinds of different kinds of work that's cropping up. Like you've probably seen these, um, these kind of quick drawn videos that are mm -hmm. kind of all the rage. And I, I actually don't like doing that work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, I, so I pawn that work off. And that and that's really kind of one of the reasons why I'm bringing this strategy side of myself out more because I'm not just the, the illustrator in the room with the markers. You know, I don't try to like I don't try to compete against the illustrators in the business because there's a lot of people who come in from um, cartooning and graphic design who are really, really good drawers, you know, mm -hmm. and they do these fabulous visual maps that are amazing. 
But my value is more around the being a systems thinker, being a strategist, you know, helping to facilitate, you know, all of that kind of thing, um, being a business coach and, and who happens to use markers to do that, that kind of work. <laughs> <laughs> so you've created, you've tapped into your own strengths and yeah. then cultivated these relationships. And one of the things Seth Godin on his blog post today had talked about, um, getting out the vote, but he talks about how we don't, it's not that we need to get more new prospects, right? And you can, but you can generate more impact if you connect with the people who already know and trust you. Yeah, that's very true. And yeah. that sounds like what, where your business is right now is mm -hmm. continuing that work with those that know and trust you and building, building things deeper there. Yeah. Yeah. And when, you know, when I roll out my new website, I, um, I, I need to be really, um, you know, take some time to reach back out to some of my favorite clients and introduce them to, you know, some of the new stuff that I'm doing. And I actually, you know, I have a, like a PDF that I'm sending out to people, um, you know, like, oh, by the way, you know, this is, this is some of the new stuff that I've been doing with different clients. And yeah, so it's, sometimes it's tricky to get people, you know, sometimes they pigeonhole you in a certain way. Um, and that's kind of the way that you sort of stay with them. But I think a lot of people also know that, you know, that you continue to grow. Um, and if they like one thing that you did for them, you know, they would probably like, you know, other things that you can offer them too. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, that happens with me. Like I might have a client that comes with weight loss, right? And in that, there's all kinds of triggers. It's relationships. There can be money. It can be job. It's a whole bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, and then we transition once the weight loss stuff is no longer an issue, we transitioned into their career stuff. Because yeah. it's all rooted in in who they are, right? Um, right. Or I'll have a weight loss client who lo really loved working with me, and we worked on some stuff with career. And then she'll say, "Oh, I have this friend who wants to work on career stuff." And again, because my my root of my work I do is about you being the expert on yourself, right? Mm -hmm. You getting to mm -hmm. what are your strengths, what are your values. So that's why all these little things can kind of they all go. There's that flow, kind of what you're talking about in your business. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, as entrepreneurs to, to always keep tapping back into those strengths and those qualities um, and being aware of your blind spots, too, um, is, is really important. So, and, and for me, you know, I, I, I realize that, you know, I mean, creativity is one of my huge strengths. And I really need to do consciously feed my creativity throughout the year, you know, so I every fall I, um, you know, I go for a week to um, to the desert to paint um, mm -hmm. at this intuitive painting retreat. And I come back from that just like it, it, it's it's sort of it feels like it feels like how I should be spending my time all the time. Uh -huh. <laughs> it just feels so good and so natural. Um, but, um, but yeah, but, and then, you know, spending a couple weeks in the Caribbean, you know, I just realized like I need to consciously feed myself like that. Mm -hmm. So you kind of just gave me two takeaways. One is <laughs> always be aware of your strengths and qualities. And mm -hmm. then two is, you know, how can you tap into feeling really good? What are the things for, for you? Yeah. It's the, you know, going to the desert and painting and the Caribbean for the listeners out there. It's about you getting clear about what. What is it that you need and what works in your life? Because if you remember, Julie had said she's now single, right? So for her to be able to go away for three weeks in the Caribbean, it worked for her. Right. And but we can't sit there and say, oh, well, she can do this and I can't. What can you do that's realistic in your life? And that's, listeners, what I'd like to leave you with. <laughs> Julie, thank you so much for coming back today. 
Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I loved it. It went way too fast. <laughs> it did, didn't it? <laughs> this is Karen Modakaitis and Julie Stewart was here. I will have links to her website on the interview page. And um, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to How She Really Does It. I invite you to subscribe to my weekly newsletter at howshereallydoesit.com. I do this show each week for you so you can now see the windows of possibilities in your own life. I believe there are many journeys for us to take. We can learn from others to see what is possible for ourselves. I believe there are possibilities for all of us, not just the ones who've acquired great success, but including those of us who have stumbled, lost our way, or only saw closed doors. With this show, maybe you can now see a glimmer coming through the windows. I call that the windows of possibility. Each week, I bring a guest who represents those possibilities. They too have had their own struggles and uncertainty, yet somehow they have found their way. My guests are an example of what is possible when you continue, when you learn, leap, fall down, and get back up. I invite you into this space so you can ask yourself, if that is possible for them, what is possible for me? Really ask yourself that. I would love to connect with you. Please join me at www.howshereallydoesit.com. And thanks for listening today. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so 